Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Jim Garrity is on vacation. John Gabriel, editor-in-chief at Ricochet, also the host of the King of Stuff podcast, because he is the King of Stuff, is uh, in for Jim today. We've got uh, uh, good, bad, and crazy martinis for conservatives, and a little bit of a follow-up on yesterday's good martini, since John is very much in the uh, in the nexus of the of the fight over daylight savings time. But uh, John, first of all, I know you're really doing heroic service today because you're not feeling well. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I have uh, been laid low by this horrible disease called a cold, and I've spent the past five days whining about it. And I think my daughters are not taking me very seriously. They're they're they've called me melodramatic. So I've written them out of the will, and they don't know the suffering that I'm enduring. Um, but uh, that was my fault for letting the kids have a whole bunch of their friends over, and then uh, within a few days, all of us started succumbing to this dread disease of a mild cold. So, <laughs> Now, have you found that uh, when you first tell people that you're sick, that they immediately want to know if you have COVID, and then once they find out that you don't, they really don't care anymore? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's all they care about. Are you sure it isn't COVID? Are you sure it isn't COVID? So, um, yeah, not COVID, uh, just a boring old cold. <laughs> It's like that moment in Washington when you're at a, uh, a reception and the person wants to know what you do for a living. And then they realize that what you do can't help them advance in their career. And then they, they don't care. <laughs> exactly. <anymore. laughs> exactly. They're looking over your head, trying to find the important person in the distance. Oh, I got to I got to run. <laughs> How do I get out of this and who can I uh, take advantage of at this reception. That's pretty right. much how Washington works. But before we get to our, our good martini, I wanted to follow up a little bit on yesterday's good martini, which was really a contorted crazy martini, because while I think most people, especially in March, not so much when you fall back, but definitely when you spring forward, people are ready to get rid of uh, daylight savings time. Arizona, where you live, has done so. I believe you're on permanent daylight savings time, since you're now two hours behind us here on the East Coast, instead of three like you are during the summer. But, the, of course, the uh, the funny part of the story that we talked about yesterday is that these activists who both want to stop you know, changing the clocks hate each other so much. And now there's this big fight over whether it should be standard time or daylight savings time. So, uh, first of all, what's it like to live without changing clocks? And secondly, do you have a strong position about permanent daylight versus standard time? I just think they should leave the darn clocks alone. Um, I think what happened uh, whenever this was passed by Congress, only leave it to Congress to think they can alter the space-time continuum through legislation. And uh, it was one of those situations where the Senate president said, okay, everybody, the entire, every single state is going to go on daylight savings time. And then uh, he noticed Senator Goldwater in the back uh, flipping up middle fingers and he's like okay everybody but arizona can do daylight savings time uh we're just cantankerous enough that we may we allowed every other state to do it and say we don't wanna and so we didn't um i think it's better um if you want an extra hour of daylight wake up an hour earlier uh go to bed a little earlier or later whatever you want we should be able to figure that out. Um, as far as these uh, two activists battling to the death, whether it should be standard time or permanent daylight savings time, um, you guys need to get out more. You've been locked up in your homes a little too long. Uh, take a walk in the park. Uh, go stroll in the rain. Um, I, I think you have uh, bigger issues in your life than uh, what the exact time should be. 
But uh, here in Arizona, I always have to make my, you know, appointments and things using Eastern time or Pacific time because no one can figure out where the heck Arizona is at any given moment. We're kind of like that Stephen King book, The Langoliers. We're just in this weird lost time um, all out on our own here. It's true. So you don't have to change your clocks, but since everybody else does, you kind of have to recalibrate when other people around the country are doing stuff. So <laughs> Right, right. Uh, Otherwise, it's this long dance of, okay, I'm on mountain. I'm not on mountain daylight. I'm on mountain standard. And then people get out their calculators and their abacus. And then I'm like, okay, tell you what, why don't we just uh, set the time using Eastern or Pacific or a standard like that? But I kind of like Arizona. We're just contrarian cranks out here. And if everybody does, if everybody rushes one way, we are definitely going to rush the other way. Excellent. All right. Well, on to our martinis now. We're going to do them slightly out of order because we want to put our good one last because we want to definitely want to end on that note. It is Veterans Day, and we'll be talking about that in our in our good martinis. So let's get the politics uh, up front here, and and then we'll get on to uh, honoring heroes. Uh, so let's talk about our uh, bad martini now. And Joe Biden's cabinet is, of course, chock full of people who are either radical thoroughly unqualified or both uh, for the positions that they hold. And now he's trying to fill other uh, staff positions as well. And one of the people who is currently up for consideration, and uh, I may be butchering this name, I probably am, is Saule Omarova. Uh, She teaches at Cornell University, law professor there. And uh, Biden has nominated uh, her to be comptroller of the currency. And she's basically a Marxist, an avowed Marxist, uh, trying to head into this position. The White House is still standing by her. But just to give you a flavor of some of her radical positions, John, this is what she said in a recent uh, interview about the energy industry and that she's just pretty much hoping it goes away and goes bankrupt because it'd be better for the plant. And here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? Yeah, we just want them to go all bankrupt because, you know, that would not create a problem at all with our energy supply, energy prices, uh, just utterly absurd. And then at the same time, she's very upset with Joe Manchin for not rubber stamping the Democrats' big spending agenda. Uh, as a result, she wants to pretty much circumvent Congress uh, when it comes to spending, which I'm pretty sure is the only thing Congress still does. Uh, so she wants uh, the executive branch to have a national investment authority. And according to Fox Business, the purpose of the authority would be a government institution independent of Congress and the president, which would uh, have the job of directing public and private investments towards, quote, vital infrastructure and the real economy. So, you know, the executive branch doesn't have enough power, apparently. John, what do you make of the fact that Biden is uh, throwing up a total loon like this up there? Oh, I I couldn't even believe. I could understand this person, I don't know, maybe teaching night classes at a community college in uh, Marin County, perhaps, (laughs) uh, helping to run our economy. Um, I I think our economy has enough problems right now. And uh, Omarova, she graduated from Moscow State University. We're not talking about the university in Moscow, Idaho. That's a fine institution. (laughs) This is an actual 
commie Moscow back when it was communist, and she attended on a Lenin scholarship. So, yeah, uh, she is Marxist through and through. That's what her thesis was, basically. And it's just really concerning that these people can even get a security clearance, um, let alone think that they can uh, privilege themselves to overthrow the constitutional order and just do this top-down um, rule over the economy. Um, it's only going to cause problems. We know that this uh, crazy Marxist ideas, they always fail in practice. And uh, even the little feints that Joe Biden has made in those directions, well, we now have record inflation, worse than 30 years. So um, hopefully uh, this person will be kept away from the levers of power and uh, she can, I don't know, join a commune somewhere to test out her ideas uh, on a smaller scale. Senator Tester of Montana says he's concerned about some of her previous statements, but he's looking forward to meeting her. I would assume Manchin might have a problem with her, given West Virginia's situation in the energy industry, but uh, but you just never know. So it's possible that this administration uh, might lose another fight over a nomination. They lost their uh, their fight with Neera Tandon over at OMB, and this could get shot down. But the fact that they even put this nomination up is kind of insane. And just a piece of advice to any uh, administration, this may not be fair to people with similar last names, but, you know, Trump had Omarosa. That didn't work out well. And Omarova is a total radical. So you just might want to avoid names in that general vicinity. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And let's not get started with Ilhan Omar. So there's just way <laughs> too many connections going on here. That's exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about something uh, much better than uh, actual Marxists being sent into uh, the U.S. Senate as possible nominees for major Treasury positions. But let's talk about the X chair. Jim has the X chair. I do not have the X chair. But I'm very jealous of the fact that Jim has the X chair. He talks about the fact that it's just a joy uh, to go to work. He's comfortable there no matter how many hours he has to put in. And for those who have been forced to work at home now or now have the opportunity, let's say, to work at home uh, since the spring of last year, you want to be set up in the best and most comfortable way to make you most productive. And that could mean your own personal X chair. could also mean uh, if you are the boss, uh, maybe investing in some X chairs for your entire staff. It's got the Patented Dynamic Variable Lumbar, or DVL, and your back will never be happier than that. It also has heating and cooling and massage. So, I mean, this is almost like going to the spa, according to Jim and uh, others who have used the X chair. So don't miss out on this. And you got 30 days to try it out and send it back with no risk whatsoever. So go to xchairmartini.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 per month. XCHAIRMartini.com. All right, Jim, speaking of Marxists, let's head over to China, where uh, John Kerry, our esteemed climate envoy, uh, is trying to uh, forge a climate agreement with the Chinese. And when it comes to what China's doing in Xinjiang province and the forced labor camps and the forced sterilization, the actual genocide. Well, he apparently can't be bothered with that. Kudos to this reporter for trying to get him to talk about it, though, because she couched it in the terms of, you know, these people are actually making the solar panels you're so desperate to have flooding the United States. So 
how much has this issue of human rights come up in your negotiations with the Chinese? How in your in the several months of meetings uh, behind the scenes with China, did you bring up some of those very contentious issues, um, such as the use of forced labor in Xinjiang for uh, for building solar panels? How did you address it? And how did you kind of overcome that in reaching this final? Well, we're honest. We're honest about the differences, and we certainly know uh, what they are, and we've articulated them. And but that's not my lane here. That's uh, my job is to be the climate guy. <laughs> I'm the climate guy. I can't be bothered with genocide. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, it's not his lane. The, the thing is, if you're a human being, this is in your lane. Uh, we're talking about massive genocide. We're talking about uh, using slave labor uh, so they can cut corners in China and they can uh, re-educate an entire ethnic group that they don't care for. Um, it's in all of our lane, uh, Secretary Kerry, uh, let alone someone who's negotiating directly with China. And... Uh, Basically, he's made no progress on China. China has shunned him. Uh, he flew over there to have high-level meetings, and he was given some, I don't know, the night manager for a KFC over there or something like that. <laughs> They're just completely mocking him every time he engages with them. And uh, to do this, to accomplish these great goals, all he's doing is bending over backwards, turning a blind eye to an actual genocide. Um, you know, in 1945, we said never again after the atrocities uh, committed by uh, Hitler at all. And uh, now he's just uh, racing right back to it because, I don't know, maybe we can get some cheap solar panels out of it. It's just disgusting um, to see America mocked on the world stage like this and to see our moral authority evaporate. Um, we didn't do a whole lot. And yes, COVID was going on, but we didn't do much when China just... Um, subsumed Hong Kong into itself and to back down from this horrible uh, treatment of not only um, the Uyghur population, but also Tibet. Uh, there's a lot of atrocities going on there. It, it is all of our concern, and uh, especially someone who's supposed to be representing the most powerful nation on earth. Uh, just absolutely shameful of Secretary Kerry. Yeah, it's his track record, though. Give away the, everything that the other side wants. Oh, yeah. And we'll, 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 we'll get a deal. Amazing. But uh, apparently he can't even get that done with the Chinese, which ultimately for us is probably a good thing. But just uh, right. to, to add some flavor to this story, uh, Free Beacon, climate czar John Kerry is lobbying House lawmakers to oppose legislation that would ban the import of all Chinese-made goods that are produced using Uyghur slave labor, a move aimed at buying goodwill with Beijing as the United States seeks a new climate deal. Kerry and a faction of State Department officials oppose legislation meant to curtail Chinese imports made using slave labor uh, due to concerns that the restrictive measures will agitate Beijing. The Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act in July passed the Senate by a voice vote but is stalled in the House. It would target China's construction of solar panels and other equipment the United States needs to migrate uh, the country to green energy sources. And according to the story from Adam Credo, uh, Kerry is really the one leading the charge here against this legislation, which just makes this even more ugly. Oh, yeah. Just completely hideous top to bottom. Um, you have enough money, uh, John Kerry. And uh, why you want to finish your career uh, protecting this murderous, thuggish regime, um, it's just beyond me. And it's a, it's a real state in America that we're allowing this person uh, to serve in this capacity. John, I was just thinking, I thought the most embarrassing thing that John Kerry ever did on the uh, international stage was bring James Taylor in to sing You've Got a Friend <laughs> after the radical Islamic attacks in France. 
But uh, saying that uh, genocide in China is not in my lane might might be even more cringeworthy. I think it has to be, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that James Taylor move, that was uh, <laughs> the ultimate boomer move, let's say that. Love my boomers, but uh, all the boomers in my life, none of them like James Taylor. <laughs> so uh, that was about as successful as it could have possibly been. All right. Well, let's talk about something way better than that. And that's the fabulous products you can get through my pillow. And of course, we've been talking a lot about the Giza Dream Sheets. They got fantastic pillows, mattress toppers, towels, slippers, the whole deal. But the Giza Dream Sheets are where you can really save the money right now. And with inflation going the way it is, uh, a sale this big is one you're not going to want to pass up. I love the Giza Dream Sheets. They're soft, they're comfortable, they're the best sheets that we have. And for a limited time, buy one set of Giza Dream Sheets and you'll get the second set free. Uh, this is cotton that only comes from that specific part of the Middle East, the Sahara Desert, Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. comes from Egypt. Uh, you've got uh, a, a variety of colors and sizes, machine washable, plus a 60-day money-back guarantee, and a one-year limited warranty. So for a limited time, buy one and get another set free on all Giza Dream Sheets. Go to MyPillow.com, click the radio listener square, and use the promo code MARTINI at checkout. Or... Call 800-874-0104. Find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Don't miss this sale of the year. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Martini, or call 800-874-0104. Sleep better with MyPillow.com. Well, let's end on a very positive note today, because today is Veterans Day. Uh, we have, of course, Memorial Day uh, at the end of May, and that is the day we are to commemorate and honor all those who lost their lives in service to this country and also to honor their families that are, are continuing to deal with those horrific losses. Veterans Day, of course, is to honor everyone who has worn uh, the uniform and particularly those who are still with us and that we can honor for their previous service to this country. And John, I'm happy to say that you are a veteran. Uh, I am not, but uh, you put in four years in the United States Navy. And from what I understand, you were the Scotty of a nuclear submarine. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I was a pretty big deal. When, when people talk about their veterans experience, I'm kind of the guy who fades into the background. Um, I was on a submarine, so I basically just hid underwater and, uh, turned dials and watched meters and uh, it was not exactly uh the heroics of uh saving private ryan or something like that but um yeah we really appreciate it i'm sure many many veterans are listening to this um, who have actually seen action and done amazing things and uh served around the world so a salute to all of you is uh crazy as the news can get um you're the front line of freedom and we thank you all very very much Absolutely right. In addition to the work I do for Radio America, I also work with the American Veterans Center in doing a lot of oral history interviews. And that has been one of the great pleasures of my job. And just this past weekend, for those of you who were paying close attention, I wasn't here on Friday. And it's because I was off interviewing uh, veterans, many of them from World War II. Uh, two Pearl Harbor survivors were there at this conference, as well wow. as uh, two D-Day paratroopers. Um, three of those people were 100 years or older, one of whom jumped again uh, for his 100th birthday, uh -huh. which is amazing. Wow. Uh, two Americans of Japanese descent who were interned and then still fought heroically for our country. And then all the way up to uh, 
one of the folks involved with the Pineapple Express, uh, special operators who helped get our Afghan allies out of Afghanistan just earlier this summer. So uh, we have a very rich history of veterans in this country and uh, the sacrifices that uh, that we've seen from them from the revolution up to this very moment uh, is truly humbling. And we are extraordinarily grateful for their service. Yeah, you cannot d- deny um all these people who give so much for this country day in and day out. And right now there's somebody listening to this podcast. Who's uh, I don't know, kicking back in a barrack somewhere or uh, who knows, maybe, maybe on a ship close to shore, uh, maybe in an air force base, wherever you are, you're awesome. You rule. And we love you guys and ladies. We love you all. You're doing awesome work and you don't get nearly enough. Thanks for everything you guys do. Absolutely right. And your families, we honor them too today. John, as always, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, Thanks for being here, and we'll do it again soon, hopefully. Sounds great. Thank you. John Gabriel, editor-in-chief at ricochet.com, host of the King of Stuff podcast, in for Jim Garrity today. Jim will be back tomorrow. We look forward to that as well. Uh, I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Please subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. We are very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews, so please keep those coming in. You can get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play 3 Martini Lunch podcast. And follow all of us on Twitter. John is at xjohn, E-X-J-O-N, at Jim Garrity, for Jim, of course, and I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday, and please join us on Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch.